Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful Northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and overcast greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our news and analysis for what's gone on in the last week to try to break through all of the insanity and the narrative spins and all this other stuff. And I have I have actually one very serious question, um, Alan, that I, I would like I would like you to address. Um, first of all, for those of you who don't know, there there is a hurricane slash tropical storm that is on its way to the East Coast. It's supposed to make landfall. It might have already made landfall, but it's supposed to hit the East Coast. Uh, what's interesting about it is it is spelled H-E-N-R-I, but it is pronounced Henri, which to me sounds a lot huh. like how somebody who wants to sound really educated, like mispronounces something to make it sound more Frenchy. Uh, but that's it. So how much, how disappointed do you think Joe Biden is right now that Hurricane Henri got downgraded to a tropical storm this morning uh, because he would love nothing more than for a hurricane to slam the United States so the news had anything else to talk about except for his absolute failure in Afghanistan. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I'm... I'm I'm only half joking that I honestly bet that there are people in the White House that are actually like they would never admit to it, of course. But I'm willing to bet that there are people in the White House that are like legitimately upset uh, that there isn't going to be like a large scale hurricane event right now, because we're going to talk we're going to talk about a lot of things on the show. But one of the things that we we absolutely have to address is is we're going to kind of play the game of how Joe Biden is going to wag the dog, uh, which is a term used for basically how you try to um, change the narrative. Right. There was an entire show yeah. made about it or a no, show. I'm sorry. There was an entire movie made about it called Wag the Dog. Um, and in the movie, uh, it uh, the, the entire point of the movie is it's a reelection year. And the like current president of the United States basically hires Hollywood to fake a war and fake like a war hero and like all of this other stuff to get him reelected. And it's called wag the dog. And that's because that is a political term for ways that uh, politicians try to distract from like negative bad things and up their um stature with the american public stuff like that so it's it's called a wag the dog for those of you who don't know uh and and we want to talk about it because there's already some things that have occurred that people have suggested was a what what people will call a false flag event which is true yes that's that's an okay statement but it's also a wag the dog and it's you know the tail wagging the dog so we're going to get into that but one of those things is like from a a joking standpoint in a sense i wonder if joe biden is going to fire up the george w bush weather machine to send a hurricane to florida and try to kill ron DeSantis, so he can so he can then sit back and say look at the great response i had with florida also ron DeSantis is dead and mar-a-lago's destroyed <laughs> And, and like I bring this up actually only half joking because I want to remind people 
so I, I've paid attention. I've always liked politics. So ever since I was a kid, I, I paid attention to political news. And I distinctly remember in, what was it, 2005, when Hurricane Katrina happened, there were legitimately people making the suggestion that George W. Bush had a weather machine and was trying to kill yeah. blacks in New Orleans <laughs> with his weather <laughs> machine. This is like, for all of the garbage that we hear these days about, oh, these horrible conspiracy theories. Oh, my goodness. The world's never been this way. I just, it, it is alarming to me because I can't imagine so much of America has actually forgotten that shows like the X-Files existed, that mm -hmm. there were conspiracy theories about George Bush having a weather machine, uh, that there was uh, there were conspiracy theories, uh, a lot of them during the Bush administration, to be to be fair. Uh, but there were conspiracy theories that Bush had like a seismic machine that like created earthquakes. Mm hmm. I mean, these are real things. There were conspiracies on the left that George Bush faked 9-11. I mean, yeah. like, th th those are still those are still referenced, but they like. They were very popular on the left. Uh, and it was, I, I, the reason why I bring up the Bush White House is because that was, you know, the thing I was alive and cognizant for. But I remember all of these, I remember all of these statements to the point that, like, there were jokes made and all of this. And everybody acts like conspiracies are, like, a new thing. And only crazy people believe them. But, like, I remember, I remember that every, every Republican I've ever been, like, kind of aware of being elected right like you know i was i was born in the mid 80s but every republican i can be like remember being elected was a stolen election every single one 2000 stolen election 2004 oh, it was probably stolen too mm -hmm. I, I remember these things and so sorry it's it's driving me nuts because this is sort of my predicate going into kind of our first little news story which is We've all seen this, of course, but the New York Times put out a piece about a meme. So let's just start there. The New York Times had an entire article about a meme, about an anti-vaccine meme. Yeah. And which they, is and which mm -hmm. is just a like basically a little cartoon that someone came up with on the Internet. It's a cartoon of a, a like basically a SWAT team, but mm -hmm. the patches that normally would say SWAT are the Biden Harris like election thing, the like little election banner. And instead of holding a battering ram, they're holding a giant syringe. And so the idea is forced vaccinations by police, which, by the way, has topical relation. If you look at anything that's going on in Australia right now. Yeah. Like Australia is, there are massive protests. And if any of you, by the way, if any of you are out there are going, wow, I haven't seen anything about that. That's very notable because the reason why you haven't seen anything about that is the American media is avoiding reporting on it because they wouldn't want to give you all any ideas. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, 
that's flat out. They they don't want to. Re- well, one, they don't want to report that like, hey, by the way, uh, there's a ton of countries because there were protests in France. Like this is not isolated. Yeah, there are um, Europe and like Australia and things like that. There are a lot of people that are pushing back against a lot of these lockdowns. And, you know, there's part of me that's that almost wishes. Well, I don't want to say it that way, but (laughs) when when these lockdowns initially occurred, one of the things that I said uh, like a year ago or more now when the lockdowns initially occurred was that if if we really, truly wanted to get the point across to the American people, this is a terrible idea. We should force Democrat governors to have to use police force to um, to enforce the lockdowns, mm-hmm. because that's the only way the American people would see the true problems uh, with, with yeah. going along with these things. Is no, 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 no. You have to basically force these Democrat governors to use police force. Because then the American people would be like, whoa, no, no, absolutely not. And we would be in anywhere near the kind of problems that we have. That obviously I'm not like dreaming of looking like Australia or looking like, you know, France. But the fact of the matter is that's why these people are protesting. It took that much to get them to snap because you have people being arrested. You have children being ripped away from, you know, parents. You have just complete insanity going on in Europe. Mm. But back to this New York Times story, they wrote this entire hit piece, blah, blah, blah. It's just a meme and it's a topical meme. It makes sense. It is absolutely how people are viewing the current situation when it comes to vaccines, because everybody's regular regular liberals are showing that they would support the idea of using force to vaccinate their fellow citizens. They are supporting the idea. There are not just regular liberals on social media. There are politicians, people in positions of power that are suggesting things such as denying the ability to go to the hospital if you're unvaccinated because you should just die in the street because you didn't go along with what CNN told you. Right. There are legitimate people in positions of power in the Democrat Party who are suggesting that you should not be allowed in society unless you get vaccinated. You shouldn't be allowed to shop. You shouldn't be allowed to go to restaurants. So all of this makes sense. This is a real thing. And somebody made a silly cartoon about it. Right. And, and then, whatever what all of this comes down to is that they see just like with wearing a mask. The whole getting the vaccine to liberals is nothing but a signifier of friend versus foe. It's a signifier of compliance, and that's why they demand everybody accept it. Right. Basically, they want they want you they want you to comply with they want you to comply with them, and so that's what they uh, they're going to demand you do yeah, because it you... signals submission. It signals submission to their authority. If you wear a mask, if you get vaccinated, I know that you are most likely this. This is how the left would see it. If you if you wear a mask in public, if you get vaccinated, that is my way of knowing that you most likely 
agree with me politically and I need to see the majority of people around me agreeing with me politically or else it causes me to be afraid and scared. It has nothing, absolutely nothing to do. It has absolutely nothing to do with coronavirus. The reality is, is I think a lot of these leftists who are so psychotic about the vaccine see it as a vaccine against disagreement to their politics. Yeah. They 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 have turned coronavirus to to them the real virus is wrong think. That's the actual virus. And that much is obvious in just how they talk. They they wouldn't do these things to themselves. <laughs> that's that's right. the, the end of the like they only agree to all of these totalitarian measures because they believe the people that they're harming are their political adversaries. They would never do this to themselves. They wouldn't do it to their friends. They wouldn't do it to their own families, only to people they hate. As you say, it's, you know, friend good, enemy bad. That's 100%. Now, what the New York Times did is they wrote a hit piece on a cartoon claiming it was Russian disinformation. Mm. And it is a very long piece. And if you go to revolver.news, they did a whole, like, read out on this New York times hit piece and the bullet points here. So we don't have to go through the long news piece is the New York times got a third party called Graphica to quote, research a meme. So let's just stop there and and reassert the fact that it's a cartoon on the internet. Yeah. The New York times is making this huge deal and contracting a third-party, quote, disinformation team to research a cartoon on the internet. So obviously mm-hmm. you know it was successful. <laughs> Enough people are sharing yeah. it because it does, in fact, reflect the feelings of a lot of people. And they said, well, um, Graphica, this this company which was headed up, their director of investigations was a guy who worked for the Atlantic Council. He's connected with shady NGO groups. He's connected with shady intelligence operations in the U.S. government. I mean, there you go. Like, there's the connection. He, by the way, now works for Facebook. But this guy, their entire investigative metric is if we think that it furthers Russia... It's Russian disinformation. That's all it takes is if liberals think it helps Russia, which, by the way, what helps Russia is anything that is anti them, because to them, Russia, MAGA, all of these things are synonyms. That's it. The entire revelation that this revolver like news piece comes out with is they all they have to do. I know that a lot of people are going, well, yeah, we know that they do this. You have to understand that these organizations are what the United States government are using. These are, quote, experts in disinformation. So that's who the United States government will go to. And that's who the United States government will go to and say, well, what's going on with Russia? What's the Russian disinformation picture? And you have organizations like Graphica or who the hell ever going, well, I don't like it. And I think it supports Trump or Republicans or those, those backwaters in flyover country. So 
Uh, any of this, all of this. Yeah. And that's notable because we talked about it a little bit last week on the program, but the Department of Homeland Security released bullet points on people that they are concerned about when it comes to extremism. And it is basically, if you do not go along with the White House narrative and the liberal media narrative, you are potentially a terrorist. And I'm not joking about that. Yeah. Anti-vax, anti-lockdown, questioning the 2000, uh, the 2020 election. These are legitimate things identified by the Department of Homeland Security as potential extremist activity. Yeah. And all of this is all of this from that, from investigating this meme to Russian disinformation to, you know, COVID skepticism is terrorism. It's all conjured out of nothing. It's all conjured out of nowhere. There's no real threat. There's no real Russian disinformation. That's that none of this is real. It's all a, it's all smoke and mirrors as a desperate attempt by whatever the cabal of leftists that are controlling the country to squash any dissent from them getting their way. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and I like talking about these these types of tactics and, and like information warfare. I, I try not to go too deep into it because I don't want to bore the audience because yeah. they might not be as, you know, interested in it as, as I am. And that's completely understandable. Uh, I'm kind of a dork sometimes. But one of the things I have to point out is what's super strange, and I've, I've seen it picking up more and more, and it's been common for a few years now, but it's, like, increasing in how much I'm seeing it on, like, social media. And it is okay. situations like this. You, and I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give a historic example of it, too. You don't hear anything about like a conspiracy or some some fringe belief until you start hearing people talk about how stupid that conspiracy or that fringe belief is mm -hmm. does that make sense you hear the reaction to a conspiracy and the reaction to a fringe belief Far more than you have ever heard the conspiracy itself or the fringe belief. Okay, so mm -hmm. what you're saying is you never hear an explanation of what these things are, why people believe these things, what evidence they're pointing to. The only discussion the mainstream media allows of these dissenting views is why they're crazy and should be dismissed. No. So I, okay. I understand where you're going. What I'm saying is this. Um, okay. Let's just let's just play the example game. Now, all of these are things that you would have heard a little bit of, but I'll say it this way. Alan, how pervasive was the belief among the right that Donald Trump would be reinstated as president in August? I don't think it was very high. Not like you heard it, but like nobody believed it. In fact, the majority of what I heard was people making fun of it, right? Yeah. Okay. But I see 
like never Trumpers, people in the left wing media. Okay. Going insane over it. There are all of these people that think that Donald Trump's going to get reinstated in August. Well, the, the the insane conspiracy theory of the reinstatement of Donald Trump. There's not even a constitutional method. It's, what are you? Who are all of these people you're talking about? I've seen. Ah, uh, okay. I've seen references to it. I kind of heard about it, but I don't know a single person who. I've had people ask me like, "Hey, have you seen this?" Is this a thing? And I go, no, that's, there's literally no way that that would actually occur. And they go, oh, yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> okay, but, so this is this is similar to the way Alex Jones gets only gets talked about as he believes in these crazy conspiracy theories involving UFOs and aliens and crazy stuff when the vast majority, but no one will ever, no one ever brings up or will criticize Alex Jones on the vast majority of what he talks about, which is, Things like the World Economic Forum under the UN is working with U.S. elites to destroy civil liberties. Right. It's only it, it's basically they're, they're taking a minority belief that sounds silly, using that to paint an entire group of people, and then using that to to essentially prove why you should dismiss anything else they might say or believe. Essentially, right. what they're saying is if you're a smarty smart person, you're not going to align yourself with anything on this side of the spectrum because of one dumb thing some one person believes it's the same as when they go they talk about oh well all these dumb dummy dumb conservatives believe in religion so you should probably not uh you know pay any attention to wanting a smaller government yeah right but now where this it's funny because your explanation 100 percent true but i could see a bunch of people being like well that's like taking alexandria ocasio cortez and making her representative of the democrat party well it's actually extremely different because alexandria ocasio cortez is a member of the democrat party she is a representative of the government these are like they will find twitter anons saying something or some random person that nobody knows and no one listens to on some anonymous message board and they will go i can't believe that there are some trump supporters who believe x yeah and And then okay and then compare that to when we say hey this this official journalist site or outlet published this thing that is what that is the info. So when we they say, I can't believe this one, I can't believe this bumper sticker I saw on one car. Everyone on the right's an idiot. Versus us going, I can't believe this officially elected member of the Democrat Party said this thing. Right. And that's that's the difference you're pointing at is we point at the official mouthpiece outlets of our opposition as our source for their insane world destroying beliefs and they they and the uh the opposition has to find one crazy person that says one thing and then tries to plaster that over the entirety of the right right and and to the point where it's like i've heard i have seen (laughs) i have learned now uh, understand like we you and i sit on social media we we see fringe sources like like we we look at different 
uh, you know, different sources. We see kind of what everybody's talking about. How many times have we brought up conspiracy theories to each other? Like when we're, when we're having like our, our show prep phone calls that we're learning about from a reaction of somebody, you know, going, I can't believe Trump supporters believe X or Republicans believe X. And I go, I don't know anybody who believes this. And I know people who believe some pretty crazy stuff, you know, like I, I, I look at social media accounts of people who say crazy things and they're not saying this. Where is this coming from? Are you making it up? Because there's a story floating around right now where there's far more of a reaction because I think it's like the FDA released a statement that was like, please stop using ivermectin to like protect yourself against COVID. It's for like cattle or something. Yeah, I've seen that too. Oh, it's for farm animals. Yeah, lots of drugs actually have overlap there because the drugs are biologically effective on mammals. Right, but it's it's right. one of these things that like if you read the reactions on social media and the way that the media is doing it, you would think that there's like this massive amount of Republicans that are like going to the feed store and buying ivermectin to like help treat themselves against coronavirus and i'm like i don't i don't actually i've heard of ivermectin i don't know a single person who's like hey by the way go to the feed store and buy this because i also if you got the dosage if you got the dosage correct i feel like that actually would work there is um there is a thing that is talked about in some circles that is if you want medical supplies there's a whole swath of them that are totally cross that are totally applicable to humans, but if you buy them as a vet like veterinarian grade, they're widely available and you don't need a special license. For example, uh, sutures, you can get veterinary veterinary grade suture kits just super cheap and easy and it's exactly the same. it's just a needle in a sterilized needle and thread, but because it's vet grade, you can easily buy them for, uh, for pretty cheap and it's and a lot of uh, there's there's some people that recommend doing that for a lot of things over buying the official fda approved human version because it simply just drives up the price for exactly the same thing now right. i don't know if that's true about ivermectin but the thing is it might be and nobody like none of these outlets are criticizing that if there was some guy that's basically like oh yeah i compile a list of all of the drugs that we give to livestock that are exactly the same formulation as the ones we give to humans and it's my basically hack around the uh, big pharma control of the medical supplies i would probably think that guy was pretty damn smart yeah th- i mean this is a thing that uh, you know like preppers there's there are books now we're not giving any medical advice so before anybody tries to like i don't know throw us in jail for it but there are absolutely like survival manuals yeah and things that talk about some of this now i'm i'm not trying to validate whatever's going on with whatever type of ivermectin anybody's buying what i'm saying is I, i okay to alan's point Obviously, you have information sources that discuss things like this, and I have not seen a lot of discussion about, like, go to your feed store, get ivermectin. Right. Now, what's interesting 
is there's all this discussion about it. Oh my God, I can't believe all of these dummy dumb conservatives are going to are getting like uh, cattle yeah. inoculations. And one, it's not happening. But two, I bet that the reality of this is there's going to be information coming out about a lot of the therapeutics that people have been talking about. For example, uh, hydroxychloroquine and, and things like that. I bet that there's going to be legitimate information that comes out about these therapeutics, especially going into the winter. And this is the preemptive Anybody who doesn't take the official Moderna, Pfizer, Big Pharma version yeah. of X uh, is a crazy person who buys their medicine at the feed store. Yeah. Uh, all of this every time with people on the left is all about trying to paint conservatives as dumb and stupid because that's the only way they can dismiss our arguments. It's the only way they can dismiss that we're right about so much is if they go, well, no, no, they're dumb and stupid. And I'm a super smart member of the aristocracy, even though I live in a tiny apartment and work for some giant corporation. I'm a smart member of the aristocracy because I don't believe the dumb things. That's the entire goal here. It's ne it's like we always talk about nothing they say or do is ever in good faith. It's always a manipulative tactic for some other goal. And this is just, it's the exact same thing. It's like we never should have ever considered their arguments because they're always being argued in bad faith for manipulative or vile reasons. Like it's the same, it's the same with all this. They're going to, they're, it's their out so that they can say, I'm a smart, good person because I'm not doing what the other guys do. That's their goal every time. Now, to the point of the ivermectin thing, I, there's a bunch of other ones that I keep seeing. And I want to give a historic example of when I first noticed this. This is years and years ago. And I think you and I talked about it, but this is like five or six years ago. Yeah. And it was, uh, some people may remember this. Do people remember the Starbucks Christmas cup controversy? I remember I, I remember, was that when those dumb Christians said, we're going to boycott Starbucks because they're not putting Merry Christmas on the cup. Man, those dumb Christians are so dumb. I'm glad I'm not one of them. Yes. Mm, okay. What's fascinating about that is I tried to research that when it was when it was coming out because that it was it was one of my first introductions into I haven't seen a single person complain about a Starbucks cup, but I've seen a thousand media outlets complain about people complaining about Starbucks cups. Yeah. And that was exactly what happened. There wasn't really any major. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I want people to recognize this tactic because then it won't affect you because yeah. what happened is possibly some no-name, like some nobody on social media, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, because it was years ago, um, went like, oh, like once again, like start, like another company, you know, gets rid of saying Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays yeah. or whatever. Like it was probably something super benign that was just, ugh, 
Another company that doesn't want to say Christmas or holiday because the world sucks and everybody's a, like everybody's a pussy about everything, right? That's 100% probably what the like tweet or Facebook post was. And maybe a few people were like, yeah, I know, right? Like, how dumb is it? Like, store greeters can't even say Merry Christmas. Everything's lame. And then the media Which goes, is real. Which is yeah. a real thing that happens. But it wasn't like a giant national whatever. It was probably somebody just complaining about how lame and dumb that is. And then it turns into every liberal media outlet goes, conservatives pounce on Starbucks. And then yeah. you get a bunch of conservatives who, who go, well, yeah, Starbucks is lame for that. That's dumb. Like, I'm I'm sick and tired of people, like, not being able to just celebrate a holiday without you assholes whining about it. And then they're like, see? That is how a lot of these operations work. Yeah. And that's, like, oh, anyway, sorry, real quick, uh... Chris posted up here uh, to our point when we were talking about the ivermectin and everything is uh, he says, I had a lib try to tell me that farmers don't understand how fertilizers work because they're not chemical engineers. <laughs> uh, right. Cause there's a, yeah. Cause, cause somehow <laughs> We're able to grow food all over the United States in farms without a single person having a master's degree. I'm I'm sorry. I guess I didn't realize that fertilizing your fields only dated back, to, you know, what, 30 years? <laughs> well, I, I should also remind people that there are actually a lot of farmers that went to college. Yeah. Also, it's not that... It's like you, you don't have to be a chemical engineer to understand how the application of it's like, oh, I can't believe there's all these people that own cars, but also aren't but that change the oil in their car, but aren't a mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. Like it, if you don't know the if you don't know the exact science behind what molecules and chemical compounds do in relation to each other, it's like you don't necessarily need to know that to know. When I apply the fertilizer to my fields in these ways, it makes the food grow better. Now, I'm sure far farmers know that to even a higher degree of accuracy and complexity than I do. But it's one of those, it's like, I don't know how my computer works, but here I am typing away. Like, how, how do tiny little silicon gates that give ones and zeros equal windows working? I can't tell you. It's basically magic, but I can still send emails just fine. Well, and but to be fair, these are the same kind of people who have to call AAA to change a tire. So, yeah, again, it's all about friend versus enemy nonsense. Their arguments are always terrible and they're always just a mask for this friend versus enemy painting my enemies as a as bad people so that all of my allies become too ter more terrified of being lumped in with the opposition than lying to maintain the illusion that they're my friends. So now that's a good segue into our next little subject here, mm. um, which, you know, uh, I, I want everyone to imagine, let's say that you're, you know, some trust fund liberal writing for like Huffington post 
in your high-rise apartment in Manhattan, and you have to imagine what these idiots in flyover country look like, sound like, you know, what have you. They're probably so, fat, and they're wearing MAGA hats, and shooting guns, and and believing, not believing in evolution, and... I don't know what whatever whatever else whatever else I can come up with. <laughs> they probably don't have a pillow with Neil deGrasse Tyson's face on it, you know, like whatever. They're probably um, all poor and addicted to opiates, and 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 they only listen to Fox News. So yeah. now, now that you have that image in your head, I, I'm going to play a little clip here, and uh, ask the audience the question of: Is this a real person? Or is this how the left views people from, I don't know, let's just pick a random state. How about North Carolina? Here's the clip. Sure. If you blow my truck up, man, hey. It's on you, Joe. I'm ready to die for calls. And brother, if you said, if you could do anything to save one life, one life. You said you'd do it. Well, you got a chance. I want to go home Sunday. I want to go home and see my wife. We're living in a free country, Joe. Choice yours. Now, let me tell you, Joe. Let me tell you, you said if you want to save one life, one life. Now, now it's your chance, Joe. Mm. So that <laughs> is what, who I like to call the Uniboomer. The Uniboomer. <laughs> Love it. So this is fun. This is why we kind of open time about like conspiracy theories and things like that. This was that that was the video or what, a part of the video that was posted um, online by the guy who claims to be uh, the, the guy who parked his truck outside the Library of Congress. Uh, what? Claiming claiming to have a bomb in his truck. Why the Library of Congress? Uh, so I don't there. I am full of is it questions. because that was an because if you went to actual Congress, there would be enough security outside. You would never even get close. Well, I mean, there's, there's that. Yeah. The, everything about this is weird. And I want to start with the weird part number one. And the weird part number one of this, it would be the location. The location is weird part number one. Why the what? Library of Congress? Like, of all the places you could pick where you're going to go, supposedly, to do a terrorism, yeah. as they say, why would it be a library? So, okay, weird point yep. number one. Weird point number two. Why would you throw $1 bills out your window? 
maybe you're making a statement about the eye at the top of the pyramid and the Federal Reserve or some shit. <laughs> maybe. That's all. That, that's all I can think of. Like, but if you were actually a terrorist, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like the last thing that you would do is drive up to your target and then immediately call the police and tell them that you're there. Um, no, that's actually not a bad strategy. Because if you if you are a terrorist, if if you're doing this, uh, you might you would want the publicity. Okay, well, but uh, like, right. uh, but, like the entire thing of this is this guy wanted to get on the news and he wanted to get his manifesto like out and he wanted to go viral. That was the whole point of what he did. The whole point of what this guy did was to initiate a response that garnered a lot of public attention. That's why you would sit in front of, say, that's why you would pick a government building. It's why you would call the police. It's why you would make all the bomb threats, because then people have to take you seriously, and it would get you on the 9 o'clock news. Okay. You would get, basically, this guy was after 15 minutes of fame more than he was after actually causing damage to the system. If you wanted to cause damage to the system, you would do all this in secret, and people would be left scrambling after the fact to understand how did that power plant get blown up? Rather than, you know, the police showing up and arresting you. Right. So then, to the point of the end result, and then we'll get into some of the other details here, is this guy was arrested. He, he uh, whatever the word is, I can't remember now. But he gave himself up, right? He gave himself up to the police, and he was taken into custody. There was not a bomb in the truck. Yeah. So, um, which, because honestly, that information was kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I want to kind of point that out because you and I were talking about it and I was like, I keep seeing stuff about there not being a bomb, but I can't find that anywhere. But this is, this is the, um, this, uh, this is the statement that I did find, uh, which is the Fox news reporter for Congress. And it was the U.S. Capitol Police on the Capitol incident. Quote, a bomb was not found in the vehicle, but possible bomb-making materials were collected from the truck. What What does that mean? Uh, possible that... bomb-making materials? We found uh, there was a pipe inside the truck. There was a coffee can. Oh, everybody, look out. Look out. There was a... There was a, re- there was a bunch of screws. That could have been shrapnel in a bomb if you, if you made it that way. Now... Guys, there was... There were... There was a there was a car battery in the truck that I mean if you had a blasting caps and explosives you could use that to as an electrical tree. It was bomb making materials, possibly, possible bomb making. There was gallons of gasoline in this truck. A possible incendiary device. We don't know. I better be worried about this. Well, here's how you know that none of it was. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know if like I I actually don't know if Colleen is joking or or being serious. She says he had a lighter and some kitty litter. Um, here's possible bomb making materials. Well, we don't know better, better send this to the lab terrorist incident. Well, yep. here, here's how, you know, uh, that it's not legitimate or, 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 or that, it, that it wasn't uh, deeply threatening. Uh, there wasn't a bit. And let me explain that. If, yeah. if they were like, if, if this was like truly like, Oh God, he has like, 
legitimate bomb-making materials and, and this is, like, unsafe, they do what's called a blow-in-place or a BIP. Also... They don't try to transport how, it. Sorry. Yeah. Also, if this if they were really worried from the from the outside that this was really a serious bomb threat, they would have created like a one like a five block cordon mm-hmm. around the area. Why? Like the videos we've seen of this are people getting right up close to the truck. Why would if this guy if this was at all a legitimate threat? If the police were taking this as a serious bomb threat. They would have cordoned off like four city blocks in every direction because it might actually be a bomb. Like the Oklahoma City bombing was one van full of ammonium nitrate that obliterated an entire building. Mm-hmm. If you're worried that this is something like that, it do- you can fit a lot of explosives in a car. They would have blockaded off in a huge section around this. This potentially looks like the police knew from the outside outset that this was not actually a serious bomb threat that they should treat like a serious bomb threat. Right. Well, and because that is the thing is one of the popular things that was being shared on social media was there was a Twitter user who, who basically put out the tweet that was like, no big deal, just walking to class. And here we are with the, you know, guy threatening that he's got a bomb. And she's like, like right across the street from the truck. Yeah, it's like, okay, that's not a serious bomb threat because you wouldn't be able to get anywhere near that vehicle. Yeah, at all. And the police would have known that had to have known that from the beginning, because if this guy said he had a bomb and the police knew knowing nothing would treat it as though he actually had a bomb, make a giant cordon and only later would they reduce that cordon down. It's almost as if the police knew from the get-go that this guy was bluffing about having a bomb. That's the only explanation. Right. Now, to to all of those points, this story died very quickly. And the reason why I say it died very quickly is we know for a fact that the left-wing media is starving for any chance they get to suggest that anyone on the right is a terrorist. Do you remember the last time there was a uh, uniboomer? That guy who, uh, what was it, obliterated a city block in Nashville? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I do remember that. Remember that? It was the guy had the RV that exploded and outside the um, telecom. Yeah, it was around Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, because there was, like, that kind of died, too. Like, it yeah, happened? that disappeared. That was, it, was in De- it was December 25th in Nashville, and it was another, like, old boomer that detonated an RV. It didn't kill anybody. It was outside the AT&T building, and that disappeared mm-hmm. off the news. It's almost like they realized they couldn't use that event to paint the right wing as terrorists for whatever strange reason, and then it's gone. Just like this guy. Like, you can't tell me that the media that has been frothing at the mouth for, for ev- to paint everything like it's January 6th insurrection, that those people suddenly saw this and went, yeah, not this, though. You know, I know this is a really great opportunity to push our narrative that everyone on the right is terrorists and allow us the justification to pass new domestic spying bills, and possibly even indict sitting Republican senators. 
all on this, uh, you know, based on this event. But we're just going to let this one go, guys. This is the perfect opportunity to continue pushing our narrative that people on the right are actually dangerous terrorists who have need their guns confiscated. But, yeah, it's a busy week. So we're just not going to capitalize on this one. Right. That's weird. And they wouldn't do that unless there was a very good reason that they knew that this was something they should not put on the news. Yeah, or or, or shouldn't carry any further than the initial initial reporting. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like someone called the news media and said, hey, this is actually a, a FBI false flag attempt, and it's super obvious, so don't report on this because it's going to be incredibly embarrassing when it comes out that this guy was urged on by a federal source or, like, had his antipsychotic meds like replaced with sugar pills by an FBI agent. Like don't, don't cover this one because they fucked up. Right. And and so, and that, that was the whole thing is what I was surprised by were, uh, uh, the amount of people who were completely comfortable, like commentators on the right who were completely comfortable going, okay, but for real though, this looks like a false flag. And I want to I, yeah. I want to explain that a little bit because, you know, what what you're going to get, if anything, because like I said, this kind of disappeared. But if you're going to get any further reporting on this, it's going to be the disgust over the suggestion by the right that this is a false flag. And let me explain why that is a popular opinion or, or like why that is yeah. an easy opinion for people to arrive at. They are basing this on, uh, well, a few factors, but they're basing this on the actual evidence of things like the Whitmer kidnapping, where the plot was basically orchestrated yeah. by the FBI. Yeah. Like, well, that's real. The FBI made that, it took a bunch of guys who basically urged these guys on to keep developing plans and telling them it was going to be successful and created that where it didn't exist. Yeah. It's they, just like a lot of stuff they've done during the war on terror, where they find say kind of upset Muslim youth and then pretend to be jihadists and encourage them and encourage them, and encourage them to embark on the road to doing a terrorist attack and then swoop in and arrest them at the end and say, we thwarted a terrorist attack, guys. Sure, we might have been responsible for radicalizing this person and selling them fake explosives, but they could have been, they would have been a terrorist. Basically what it is, is it's them identifying people that are wrong thinkers and using that to justify their existence as an anti, it's like, the real anti-terrorism that's been going on has been them identifying people that are disaffected by the United States and then pushing, radicalizing them into taking some kind of action and then saying, well, see, well, the fact that they didn't like the United States enough to be upset and vulnerable to our attempts proves that they were a terrorist all along. I mean, if they weren't a terrorist, they wouldn't have bought the bomb from us. <laughs> Yeah. If they weren't a terrorist, they wouldn't have watched all of these Islamic recruiting videos that we made. <laughs> if they weren't a terrorist, they wouldn't have listened to the like justification for terrorism that we came up with. Like, yeah, no, the, F the FBI justifies its budget by this nonsense. Now, so there was the Whitmer thing that, you know, the news came out 
and and you know like through FOIA requests and things like that, there were plenty of aspects of the indictments that revealed that the FBI was heavily involved in planning the kidnapping of Governor Whitmer, and they basically got like a few dumb guys to go along with a plan that was seemingly completely built and constructed by the FBI. Yeah. Then you have January 6th with which similarly in a lot of the indictments involving January 6th, all of these indictments seem to contain information from FBI plants. Yep. And it's like in some of these indictments, which uh, if you guys don't follow like Julie Kelly, she has a lot of reporting about this because she's basically like her her life right now is following the cases against the like January 6 people that are in jail. There are 100 percent things in the prosecution's indictments that are FBI source one had a conversation with this guy basically like, hey, man, are you going to do anything? You should totally do something. Oh, my gosh. Like, what if we were able to do this? And it's all like all of these situations seem to contain FBI agents attempting to make these things happen. Yeah. Like you have to ask yourself the question of if federal law enforcement was not involved in any way, would this have looked anything like what it did? And yeah, the reason why we bring that up is that's why when people see some random dude who drives a truck up to the Library of Congress, calls the police and says, evacuate everybody. I have a bomb and immediately starts live streaming on Facebook or whatever for attention and is basically yammering a bunch of nonsense. Um, people go, yeah, this seems like something that this guy seems like a fed. And part of the reason why that caught on, like I mentioned at the opening of the program, is because it also was so conveniently timed to be anything in the news cycle that wasn't about Biden's failure in Afghanistan. Yeah. And I think that that's why the story died. Is because Mm -hmm. even the media went... "Ah." Best case scenario, the best case scenario is this is a mentally ill person crying for attention that didn't actually pose a threat because he didn't have a bomb. He was he claimed, like, if you kill me, I'm going to blow up two and a half square blocks, which there was nothing found that would have done that. Right. So, yeah, the best case scenario is this is a mentally ill person and like what do you do with that news you don't use mm-hmm. a mentally ill guy to try to go attack your political opponents cuz that makes you look like an asshole so they don't so they they shy away from it the mm-hmm. worst case scenario is this guy was actually entirely encouraged by the FBI or, or something 
or or worst case scenario in in a non-conspiratorial sense was this guy was being tracked by federal law enforcement and was encouraged to this action once again by federal authorities and they're going to have to sit there and charging documents and say well i mean yeah we sold him the bomb but it was fake and we knew it which is why we reacted the way we did and you have to start asking the question of why did you let it get that far why did you let the guy drive all the way from North Carolina? And they go, well, because we wanted to really charge him with a bigger charge. So we had to scare the hell out of everybody in D.C. to get the bigger charge. Yeah. Because if we just pulled him over on the interstate, it would have been a charge of this. But we wanted to get the federal charge. That That's not how anybody wants law enforcement to work. Yeah. that That's like saying we could have arrested this guy because we know he was planning on murdering somebody but we wanted to wait until he had the knife in his hand so we waited yeah that's that that's the same situation now the conspiratorial worst case scenario is this guy is a fed and they were doing this as what what is called a false flag to wag the dog away from Afghanistan. Yeah. Now, like nobody pay attention to the giant military disaster totally of our own incompetence in making currently unfolding itself that has the potential to spiral into a complete utter chaos at a moment's notice if things if the Taliban decides to make it that way. Right. And so that's why you had people completely comfortable going, yeah, this kind of looks like a false flag. And I honestly think that a lot of the media was like, this is too conveniently timed. We can't even carry it. It's not that it's not, yeah. that the, it's not that the media didn't want to. It's I'm not saying that like CNN sat there and went, Oh, this is obviously a false flag. They just went, we can't even carry this because it, it like, it would be actually really hard to debate that this isn't one. Yeah. Or, or at a minimum, like it, it would just be—it's too hard to debate because one one of the one of the most greatest one of the greatest examples of a wag the dog scenario was when Bill Clinton ordered the uh, bombing of Iraq conveniently while the investigation into Monica Lewinsky was occurring. Yeah, it was such a craven and blatant scenario to try to get the Monica Lewinsky investigation out of the news cycle that like nobody bought it. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, guys, Iraq's uh, violating the airspace in the north. Uh, we got to bomb some stuff. Please yeah. pay attention to this and not the scandal unfolding. Yeah. Like which just shows the government does this stuff. The executive branch does this stuff. The media is complicit in these things. This is not this is not a this is not a theory. This is a conspiracy fact that they all work together to try and prevent the American people from focusing on their scandals. Right. Right. It, it's real. It's real that they do this. So you now I you have to wonder every time some of these black swan events pop out of nowhere is what are they trying to distract us from? Because they do try to do that. They coordinate with the media, the media, the executive branch, and the government, and the mostly Democrat Party, all coordinate to try and manipulate public perception. 
towards events they want us to focus on, away from events they don't want us to focus on. That is absolutely real, and anyone who says it's not is probably also playing the game of trying to distract you. Right. And so that's the thing. Now, now, I've I've seen everything from people saying that this guy's faking his accent. Now, he does 100% sound like something out of, like, Sling Blade. I'm going to be honest. Definitely. I mean, it's 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 pretty bad. Uh, I, I've been to North Carolina, and this sounds strained. But to, to be fair, you know, like, I've seen people suggest it, so, of course, that's what's on my mind. The other part of it is it's just... It fit it, it. The guy seems too much yeah. like a caricature. Okay. Also think about, think about the guy's rant. <sighs> if you are a right wing guy, what are your complaints with the government right now? They're not any of the stuff he brings up. You're, it, I can't imagine anybody who's so radicalized to actually take action against the federal government would be this dumb or would have these arguments. That doesn't make sense. If you actually were this radicalized against the federal government to instigate a bombing attempt, you would choose a different target. You'd have a very different sort of manifesto. You would know that this is going to get on the news. And you would, so you'd have a whole different thing. You would be complaining about how the election, like you would just, it's just not real. If you were this far down the rabbit hole, you would be talking about very different things. It just so that's why I can almost guarantee that this is not a serious bombing attempt. This is some guy that want either wanted his 15 minutes or was crazy or was put up to this by the feds. Everything about this just oh, and lastly but not least, the fact that the American news media didn't pick this up and run with it to try and shame the people it hates all point to the fact that something about this is so fishy that nobody's t- is taking it seriously. Not even the people it would be convenient for. That's that. I actually think is the largest point that needs to be made on why so many people feel like this was contrived Yeah, is because how did the media be like, like let, let's just, let's just get to, let's, let's get to the brass tacks on this. The left wing yeah. media doesn't want to be talking about Joe Biden's failure in Afghanistan. They all voted for that guy. Yeah, they all voted for him. They shilled for him. And they. The thing is, they all voted for him knowing he was a bad pick. Yeah, like they like, yeah, they, like they all know how complicit they are. Ignored the, they all ignored the very clear indications of corruption with Hillary Clinton to tell us all to vote for her. These people have morally compromised themselves, and so they do not want to face the fact that they have been lying the whole time. Right. And so, so they they know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. They don't want to be talking about this either because, I mean, imagine how ashamed you have to be. You You were an apparatchik shill for this guy. And yeah. now you're sitting there like, oh, my God. So, yeah, 100%. They do not want anything to do with this. Yeah. And, and so, of course, they would take any opportunity 
to go back to the like, oh my God, aren't like, uh, they, they, they would take any opportunity that they could to go back to the, oh my God, aren't, aren't Trump supporters so dummy dumb? Oh geez. They're just the worst. Blech. They, they would, they would kill for such an opportunity. Yeah. They, they do not want to talk about the failures of their own side. And of course they don't. Nobody wants to talk about that. Right. So, so the fact, and, okay. That- and and th- thus the fact that they didn't immediately jump all over this story proves that that's very telling yeah the only reason they wouldn't is if they knew they had more to lose by jumping on the story than to gain by it agreed yeah i i i think that i i think that 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 is the single largest data point that a lot of people um yeah throwing a uh, like that that's the big deal now Part of it, too, as Colleen is bringing up, is the guy was throwing a fit about there not being any mask mandates as part of his, like, crazy rant. Yeah, again, this is not coherent. Yeah. This is not a coherent right-wing. If you have gone down the rabbit hole of being right-wing far enough that you're criticizing some of the things this guy criticizes, you would also be saying COVID is fake. All these mask mandates are fake. The vaccines, uh, you know, poison pill by big pharma to sterilize the population. It's like you can't have one and not the other because everything anymore is so linked. You can't simultaneously say, well, the election was totally faked, but COVID is totally real. Nobody thinks that people who are convinced the election was fake is also pretty suspicious of all the COVID nonsense. Right. Now, since we covered this basically as being, you know, a potential of a of a wag the dog kind of event. Now, like I said, I'm not I'm not saying it was a false flag. I'm, I'm saying, saying it was. That it's not. Okay, so so you're you're a hundred percent on that. This guy's like a Fed or I, I guess. Let, whether let, he whether he's actually an agent of the federal government or was encouraged by agents of the federal government, whatever is this was an this was just an attempt at some kind of false flag. Hell, for all I know, this guy voted Bernie Sanders and was trying to basically encourage hatred against the right wing by like whether it's a federal government controlled false flag or not. I just feel like all of this has to be a manipulative tactic by somebody against people on the right. And, and and what would you say is the biggest data point that convinces you that this was entirely contrived? The incoherence of his message. Interesting. Mhm. It it everything about it everything about the way this guy behaves and the and the message he tries to get across seems like a parody of what people on the left think right-wingers believe and does not seem coherent with what people on the right actually believe, especially what extremists on the right believe, actually believe. Okay. So so you're 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 on you're on the line of this guy acts like how left-wing people view the right wing not how right wing people actually are right okay right okay because i i've seen plenty of people like i mean to a shocking amount 
because people are careful, especially especially content creators and influencers on social media and pundits like people who legitimately go on like news programs are kind of careful about like, you know, hitching their cart to a, you know, conspiracy theory. Sure. Um, I saw a lot of people go, nope, don't believe this for a second. And I was sitting here like, whoa, that's OK. There's there's a lot going on there. Like. That was very surprising to me because there's no reason not to be careful. Does that make sense? Right. Sure. No, absolutely. And so to see people just go, I don't buy this for a moment. This is complete bullshit. I was like, that, is, that to me, I found very shocking. I found it very shocking that, yeah, I mean, these people politically agree with me, but they're still very careful. And there was no reason not to be careful. But to see the amount of people that were just going, nope, I'm going to call bullshit on this. That was very shocking to me that there were so yeah. many people absolutely comfortable with just going, I I do not feel that there is any risk to me just flat out suggesting that Joe Biden's administration would fake a bomb threat against Congress just to get him just to get his failure out of the news. That I think is a very shocking Rubicon for us to have crossed. Yeah. And now I will moderate my, my view on it with, I, I can't say that it would actually be, it seems weird that it would be a top down Joe Biden directed this to happen. It seems more likely that maybe some dude thought this up in his spare time and thought it would be a good idea. Right. <laughs> like there's some, <laughs> like there's some consultant in DC that's like, okay, so here's what we do. Yeah. We've got to save or, Joe or, or some just independent leftist person that's been radicalized by CNN to think that people on the right are on the verge of bringing in zombie Nazi Hitler 2.0 <laughs> and goes, I have to create a false flag to galvanize the government to take this threat seriously. Oh yeah. Well, so yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a lot easier for me to believe. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah no, to be, to be completely like, yeah, the, I've, the amount of crazy things that I've seen and the amount of just absolute dripping nonsensical hatred, uh, yeah. that has been entirely cultivated by a subservient lapdog media what it would just yeah it just wouldn't shock me like oh my god there aren't enough right-wingers in jail i will totally go fake a terrorism to save my country yeah and, and yes, that's exactly. that's that's the whole thing is we we brought it up a few weeks ago when i played that interview with um alexander vindeman when he was trying to hawk his book mm -hmm. to people um I played that interview of him talking about how horrific the United States would be if Trump had been reelected. And I asked yeah. the audience a question of what wouldn't these people be willing to do if they truly believed this? I mean, you are talking about a group of people who literally, literally claim that if Donald Trump remained president of the United States, it would be like a world ending event, like the extinction of mankind level type of event. Well, 
just think about how embarrassing on the world stage a Donald Trump presidency, a second term of <laughs> Donald Trump would have been. It would have it would have ruined our credibility with our allies. It would have destroyed our foreign policy for maybe a generation. It would have just been such a huge embarrassment. It would have made us un- more unsafe. Our enemies would be threatening to invade places like Taiwan. Donald Trump second term would have just ruined America's credibility you know, around the world. And I'm just, I'm just glad the adults are back in charge. That is, I can't even lecture you about how unfair (laughs) that, that, that is the rhetorical equivalent of you beating up somebody in their sleep right now. (laughs) That is unfair. You basically walked up on Joe Biden during a nap and punched him. Uh, But I can't lecture you too much because yeah. So that's 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 actually and I'm going to play a clip from uh, of all people, Chris Wallace on Fox News Sunday today, but in a, in a second. But. Everybody just heard Alan's like little hilarious rant and you tell me you tell me that that is. A hundred percent, not how every single one of these leftists and never Trumpers and the establishment and everybody talked about Donald Trump. We all heard it. We were in embarrassment on the world stage. Oh my God. Like, I just can't like you, you gave me probably the best example or best analogy I'd ever heard, which was the, the, you kind of created this hypothetical of like a liberal having a debate with a European that they made up and staring at their shoes in shame because the idea of like, I want to go to Europe, but I just can't stand the idea of some Frenchman asking me where I'm from and me having to admit that I'm from America. Yeah. Like it's so embarrassing that Donald Trump is our president. I'm just so embarrassed. Okay, who are you embarrassed to? Well, some foreigner is going to look at me with their little squinty foreigner eyes, and they're going to look at me and judge me for, you know, Donald Trump. That just makes me sad. Why? Why do you care what a stinky foreigner thinks? I don't understand. Like, why are you? Why are you this way? <laughs> well, and it, it, it's it's hilarious because we heard that. We, oh, the adults are finally in charge. We're gonna finally be. We're going to finally be a leader on the global stage again. And our allies, Donald Trump was so mean to our allies by asking them to do things like pay what they should be paying into NATO, what they agreed to pay into NATO. Do you I remember seeing all of the bumper stickers and yard signs that said any functioning adult 2020. Right. And I love that those self-righteous twats have to now look at Joe Biden and think he's the functioning adult that I wanted. No, he's it's fine. It's fine. Any functioning adult that the guy, the guy who can't think or talk, he's more functioning than Donald Trump. Stop making me feel bad. No mean tweets. Yeah, exactly. Just that's what we should do. We should just have our troops on the ground in Afghanistan before they get overrun by the Taliban should Right in giant letters on the runaway, no mean tweets. And then everybody in the every liberal and every news organization, every Democrat voting American can breathe a deep sigh of relief that it's fine. 
No mean tweets. No, that was really what we cared about is no mean tweets. Thank, thank God that we got, that got delivered upon. I, honestly, that is probably the best example of a politician keeping their word that I've ever seen. It's like Joe Biden got elected on the premise that there were going to be no mean tweets. And I actually think he's delivered on that. That was, <laughs> that was a campaign promise. That was the single campaign promise that people voted for. Can you think of a, is there any other reason why they voted for him? No, no, it's just because no mean tweets. Okay. Yep. From the Daily Telegraph, which is a, you know, newspaper in the UK from their, uh, in, in their, one of their main, their main page on Thursday, the 19th of August, just a few days ago, parliament holds the president in contempt. On the day when Westminster found its full voice again, MPs or ministers of parliament and peers unite to condemn the, quote, dishonor of Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan and his criticism of the troops he left behind to face Hmm. the Taliban. And also, uh, as Colleen is stating in our live chat right now, the English House of Lords. America is back. No, America is backing out. Womp womp. Now, with that being said, here's a clip from today. Chris Wallace, of all people, uh, a a man who loves Joe Biden so much that he refused to ask him. We all remember the debate that Chris uh, that Chris Wallace hosted between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, where we literally watched Chris Wallace basically play press secretary for Joe Biden. Okay, so we all remember that. But here's Chris Wallace now on Fox News Sunday interviewing Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and can't even accept Anthony Blinken's refusal to answer a question. Here's the clip. This is Secretary, does the president not know what's going on? This is an incredibly emotional time uh, for for many of us uh, and including allies and partners who've been shoulder to shoulder with us in Afghanistan for 20 years uh, at high cost to themselves as well as to us. They stood with us after 9-11, invoked Article 5 of NATO for the first time, an attack on one is an attack on all, and we've been there together. But I've got to tell you this, Chris, from the get-go, uh, I've spent more time with our NATO partners in Brussels virtually uh, from before the president made his decision to when he made his decision to every time since. We've been working very, very closely together. We've gotten the G7 together, NATO together, the U.N. Security Council together. We had 113 countries, thanks to our diplomacy, uh, put out a, a clear understanding uh, of the Taliban's requirements to let people sir, leave sir, the country. Respectfully, that, that, look, I'm not, I'm not questioning whether or not the allies have a right to complain. I'm not questioning whether or not al-Qaeda has a presence. The president said al-Qaeda is gone. It's not gone. The president said he's not heard any criticism from the allies. There's been a lot of criticism from the allies. Words matter, and the words of the president matter most. Chris, all I can tell you is what, what I've heard. And again, this is a powerfully emotional time for a lot of allies and partners, as it is for me, as it is for us. But I've also heard this. I've heard across the board deep appreciation and thanks from allies and partners for everything that we've done 
to get, bring our allies and partners out of harm's way. This has been a remarkable part of the effort. I've seen them stand up, step up uh, to, to help out, including, as I said, agreements with more than two dozen countries now uh, to help on transit. And beyond that, we're very focused together uh, on the way forward, uh, including the way forward in Afghanistan and setting very clear expectations for the Taliban uh, right. in the days, weeks and months. Well, you see, obviously, anybody who's questioning and criticizing the Biden administration's handling of Afghanistan, it's because they're emotional. You know, it's really an emotional time, you know, just emotional. So emotional. That I'm, I, we don't elect you to be emotional. We elect you to suppress your emotions and get the job done. Well, but, well, we used to. We used to do that. But now emotions and feelings, I think, are actually more important in these positions. And that is why Afghanistan is turning into a giant military disaster, because everyone is pathetic, is a pathetic and weak coward. Well, but I mean, I mean, beyond beyond that point. Um, the, he tried to dance around the question. And we've heard this same response uh, as, as we heard because there, there was, you know, a, the press briefing, uh, the disastrous press briefing that Biden gave uh, a, a couple of days ago. And the line is, I haven't heard that. Here's all the good things I've been told. Yeah. And it it it, it comes to it, it, it comes to the question of. The it is very obvious that the Biden administration has taken the position of we are just going to blatantly lie to the American people. Yeah, even even though like we have the Internet, and we, we can look this stuff up, even yeah. though we have those things, we're going to blatantly lie to the American people. And it, it's almost to the point where it's like like they're going to say, like, well, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, it's rapidly approaching that point right like it because there was the interview i'm, I'm going to keep saying disastrous because let's be honest one of the craziest things about this entire situation and scenario is the fact that the biden administration i think has come to the realization that they like or the biden administration let's just say the democrat party has come to the realization that they cannot put Joe Biden in front of a camera. No, like they are currently in the position where they have to debate which is worse for them politically hiding Biden or putting him in front of a camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and so the question is, wh what is. I, do, I don't know if uh, necessarily other people truly understand the gravity of the situation in Afghanistan right now. And potential, and I will say there is, I don't know all the details, so it is possible that there might be more to this or some inaccuracies in the scenario I'm about to lay out. Because I'm not on the ground and I don't know the exact realities. But here is essentially the problem that we're faced with. We have a bunch of American troops and a bunch of foreign nationals and American citizens that are in Kabul 
and I guess supposedly spread out across the country because they talk about Americans trying to get to Kabul to get out of country. So there's a bunch of Americans and foreign nationals that we are trying to airlift out of Afghanistan right now. We have troops protecting the airport. And this is a major problem because in our infinite wisdom, we closed Bagram Airfield near Kabul, which is full of giant runways and incredibly defensible. We closed that down before we got everybody out. Maybe there's reasons for that, but let's go into the situation at hand. The problem is the Khamed Karzai International Airport is in the middle of Kabul, which means that if, say, the Taliban, which notionally now controls Kabul, decided that it did not want any more big cargo planes to land or take off, they could do that very easily. All that has to happen is a few Taliban guys start taking pot shots at troops or dropping mortars at the runways, and it could become a giant crisis. Mm -hmm. What happens if the Taliban decides they are going to mass a couple hundred fighters and just start taking pot shots at the planes? The last thing anyone wants is for a plane full of people and jet fuel to get hit with a mortar round or an RPG rocket while it's sitting on the runway in the middle of a giant dense city and become a flaming fireball full of corpses. The second those troops, if those troops at the airport start taking fire, there's not enough of them to secure the entire airport and the runways. If you can't land cargo planes or take them off, there is, abs- there is no other option. There's no option to extract our personnel. And you can't reinforce them. You could maybe airdrop troops and supplies, but the, the logistics of working in and out of Afghanistan require that you have multiple bases to basically uh, jump to from outside, outside the region. It's a very long way from Kabul to anywhere else. The helicopters we have have to get mid-air refueled. That means you now have to have aircraft in the air refueling those aircraft. The refueling aircraft need bases to operate out of. All of these, as the longer this goes on, the more resources get get essentially absorbed. Your crew needs to sleep. You need to have fuel. You need spare parts. You need places these places things to land. And the supply lines into the region and the bases outside of Afghanistan we're operating all this from are very constrained. So you can't pump resources into theater without giant bases on the ground. This is entirely why the initial stages of the Afghan war were focused on capturing places like Bagram and the and Kandahar airfield. So we then had giant airfields to deliver supplies into theater. It was a constant refrain throughout anybody who's ever invaded Afghanistan that they can't supply their forces on the ground fast enough. We're now in the situation where we can't extract people fast enough. And if the Taliban shuts down that runway, there are no good options to restore that. What's the U.S. military going to do? Start dropping J- start dropping bombs in Kabul. I guarantee you the first time a bomb kills a bunch of civilians, the Taliban will use that as an excuse to mount every troop they can to swarm the airport and, I mean, hell, even just cause problems. A U.S. troop gets shot in the face by a sniper sitting there guarding the airport. We can't support them. We can't pump more troops into theater. What are you going to do? Essentially, the United States is in a position in Afghanistan where we are withdrawing totally at the pleasure of the Taliban. 
if they decide they want to stop those efforts, they can shut it off alarmingly fast. And there's nothing the United States can do about it outside from an extreme response. What are you going to do? Have a bunch of AC-130 gunships orbiting above the Kabul airport, obliterating things with cannons? There's too many civilians around to do that without causing a massive crisis. What are you gonna, the only other options we have are secure the entire runway area, which is going to take hundreds of troops. And then you have to get those troops out. Like the whole point is to get people out. What do you do? Combat drop the entire 82nd Airborne Division onto Kabul airfield and then secure the city around the airfield so you can then get enough supplies in to then get everybody out. All of these things are possible and stuff the U.S. could do. The, uh, we do have options to get everybody out safely if the Taliban decides they want to take to start shooting at the planes. But the problem is those options are all extreme options that require a massive commitment and effort on the part of the United States. And there is almost nothing in, in our toolbox to sit in between because it's simply a matter of logistics in, logistics out through constrained and air corridors and tight methods of getting stuff to theater. Do you know, we, it takes time to get these things in place. And that might be time that the people on the ground in Afghanistan don't have. Now, personally, I think the Taliban is, has way more to worry about coordinating all the tribal groups that essentially it had to organize to make the push to take the country that they don't want the headache of trying to mess with the U.S. evacuation, the Taliban is the Taliban is operating at the the pleasure of the tribal groups that vowed to support it. And if they if they make those tribal groups upset, then it could suddenly throw all of their plans in disarray. But if the Taliban does decide, like say the United States starts dropping JDAMs in Kabul city to cover the like, say one Taliban guy starts shooting mortars at the airport and the United States responds with an airstrike and it kills 10 civilians, that might be the excuse the Taliban needs to then swarm the airport and suddenly we are in an absolute military disaster that was totally avoidable. That is why the situation in Afghanistan is something we are all paying attention to and many of us are relatively worried about because it is only going to take... We, we're on the knife's edge of a few bad actors making a few decisions and then the United States responding in a way that is just going to make the situation spiral totally out of control. When people talk about, say, the Cuban Missile Crisis, how everyone was, you know, on the edge of World War III, it's not necessarily as catastrophic now, but we are on the edge of a few things happening that could send the situation completely out of control. And hopefully everything goes well and we're able to get get people to the airport, get everybody out. But one thing goes wrong in that whole equation and it becomes an absolute disaster and none of this needed to happen. It's <clears throat> it's weird because like while, while you were kind of going, um, so while you were going on that, I was, I was sort of checking to see any new, any new narratives that were coming on. Yeah. And it, it, what, what's, what's really funny is uh, it, it, there, there was actually a debate where um, 
you know, pe- people were bringing up uh, specifically Sean Parnell, who's running for Congress, you know, brought up kind of like the failure that was the evacuation. And sure. he got a response from somebody on Twitter that was basically like, well, what's your plan? Do you even have a plan? Like, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait for you to give us your plan. What's your pl- better plan? And it was like, everything you just said is very obvious. Would you agree? Thank you. Yes. It's obvious to anyone that knows anything about the U.S. military, the way the U.S. military operates and the logistics we have, the capabilities we have. Every general knows this. And yeah. uh, like there, there's there's a comment on our live chat that all of this is for oil and other resources. It wasn't. We didn't get any of those things. <laughs> like if this if this was a 20 year war for oil or resources, we should have at least gotten some of them. Right. But. Here I mean, you are. could make the claim it's a war for opium because the opium That's... production massively spiked after the U.S. invasion. I, again, it's hard to know on on a lot of that. And maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But it's it. I don't know. It's you, you know what the, it wasn't the, for regardless controlling of any of that the situation as it is still remains the same. Right. But the, what, what what's amazing about this is like we've seen comments like almost hilarious just like absolute drags in responses to like defense officials the secretary of defense there was no way there's no way that we could have anticipated the fall of afghanistan like this and people can literally (laughs) respond with you should have just listened to like literally any podcast yeah I knew from my Twitter feed that the Taliban was having the most successful fighting season it's had in years and making giant gains across the country. I knew that from my Twitter feed months ago. Right. Right. It's like one month ago, July 5th, well, a little over a month ago now. We evacuated Bagram and there were Taliban guys posting videos from Bagram. Bagram Airfield is close to Kabul. You think strategic planners would have gone, wow, wait, the Taliban are posting videos on social media of how they're wandering around the giant airbase we just left? Oh, that means the Taliban is like here and in force and feels comfortable being this overt and out in the open. We should probably start making a plan to evacuate the embassy now rather than getting surprised by it. Right. Obviously, we we all get the joke that are not the joke, but we we all we all get the statement that these that this is just this is just an absolute. It's a dumpster fire. And yeah, what's so weird to me is how they keep screwing it up because later this afternoon, Biden is scheduled to have another press conference, Ooh. which, okay. Like I, I, I almost wonder like, should, should you, should you not? Because I, I yeah. want to point out on the clip that we played, Chris Wallace, who by all means, I mean, he, he literally defended Joe Biden during a presidential debate. Like, yeah, his actions during the presidential debate were entirely you can easily tie that to Biden. Like 
Biden not being revealed as a complete moron because he would run interference for him. But the point is, the question had to be asked from a news reporter to the Secretary of State. The question was, does the president know or does the president not know what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, it seems like either the president doesn't know or doesn't care or where does any, where is any of this? Where is the jet, all these generals that we have, all these department of defense officials, where are they saying we have an absolute plan to get everybody out? This is absolutely what's going to happen. We are, we acknowledge that everything has gone off the rails and we are changing strategy to accommodate or anything of that sort. All we see is this bizarre set of platitudes like, oh, no, everything's fine. Anybody who wants to leave can leave. Which, what the hell is that about? Any, any American that wants to leave uh, can totally just leave. Yeah, they say Wait, that. Are they you say, saying that there's, are they implying there's a bunch of Americans that don't want to leave? What is that? How is that possible? Who are these people? Why are there so many Americans still in country if we're drawing down forces? What is even what's going on? I have so many questions and these people seem absolutely uninterested in addressing any of them. Right. Well, it, it, it is. That is a very shocking statement to make of anyone who wants to leave can leave because it, it, it does suggest it is such a weird statement because it suggests that there's Americans who don't want to leave. Yeah, and it it's almost... like it's leaving them open. Why are they trying to leave themselves an opening for? Oh well, no, all those all those people that got trapped behind you know Taliban lines or whatever. Well, they they just didn't want to leave. Yeah, they just didn't want to leave bad enough. <laughs> yeah, we we had we gave them the option. We said if you wanted to want leave, leave, you bad could. Enough, not our fault. It's yeah. like they're trying to run top cover for themselves to say, oh, anything bad that happens is not our fault because you know we we gave them opportunity to leave. They just didn't well, take it. And and. It's it's funny because <clears throat> because it actually goes it, it actually goes along with something very interesting, which is what was the initial reaction when when Kabul fell? The initial reaction was for Joe Biden to come out and say, "Oh well, I didn't think that like I thought the Afghans would fight harder for their country." Now look. I'm I'm not going to I, I'm not here to shill for how great the Afghan military is. They're not. Right. Um, I'm not going to shill for how great the Afghan police are because they're not. What hmm. actually shocks me is somebody who was a senator for almost fifty years. Yeah. Being so dumb as to not realize that's not an indictment on the Afghan military. That's not an indictment on the Afghan police. That's an indictment on the United States because we trained them. Yeah. They were our responsibility. It's like, and they have been for 20 years, 20 years, two zero, two decades. They have, it's two decades. We've been there. It is anything that like you can, you can't look at it and say, we're not somehow responsible for how good or bad the Afghan government forces are. Yeah. Joe Biden responsible. Joe Biden has had almost has had the most time of any president Ah. following the Afghan war for 
he was on the Senate Intelligence Committee for years, like many multiple years, like eight years. Then he was vice president for eight years in charge of the Afghan war. Now he's president in charge of the Afghan war. No president has had more time to think about and learn about the Afghan conflict than Joe Biden. He like, so we're left with either nobody at the military has been, the military intelligence community has been lying to decision makers. That might be possible. So everybody in the government might think things are going great when the reality is no officer wanted to sign their death warrant and say something that was going to be embarrassing to the military. That's very possible. I'm pretty sure everyone in, at the CIA and the military has probably been padding their reports like, no, no, the Afghan army is just doing awesome. That's money well spent. Trust me. Oh, yeah, we definitely made a big difference on that deployment we had. You should make me a colonel. We uh, we killed a bunch of insurgents and the Afghan army got trained super good. Please, um, please make me a general. Like, it doesn't surprise me if that's happening. But also... That can't be totally to blame. So either the military was lying so much that no decision maker knows or the decision makers know and were ignoring all of the reports. Both of them are probably true. There's no reason I knew me, a guy, just normal person, not in not sitting here poring over intelligence reports every day or having a aide read intelligence reports and tell me about it. I knew the Afghan army was going to fold like wet tissue paper the second the Taliban gave, gave any serious resistance. I knew that. Why didn't Joe Biden know that? Why didn't the Secretary of Defense know that? And if they did know that, why didn't they take any action consummate with knowing that? Okay, Aaron, did you know that the... How certain were you that the Afghan government was going to collapse and and just going to completely collapse the second the U.S. started to pull out. How certain were you of that? 100%. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you were that certain of it, if you were the Secretary of Defense, what would you have done with that information? So. Anything? Well, well I, uh, the, the first thing I have to give is, is my rationale on why it's 100%. Why it's 100% full confidence that this was going to happen. And it's because I know that there is a entire dependency of the Afghan government upon the United States. Right. The Afghan government is 100% entirely dependent upon the United States. Um, so what I would have done is unfortunately, and this isn't a great way to answer it because it's sort of an unfair way to answer is years ago, I would have been trying to solve this problem. Uh, But like if I was suddenly made defense secretary before any of this happened is even though I absolutely support the withdrawal, I would have prepared the American people for what was going to occur. And it would have been pulling all civilians out, only leaving military personnel, disabling all equipment, like getting rid of all the equipment, pulling sensitive equipment out of the country and and basically ensuring that U.S. equipment didn't was not going to be put into a position that it was going to fall into the wrong hands and handed like turned over bases to the Afghans entirely and removing all military personnel. But 
there would be no way for me to do that as a defense. Like if I were the secretary of defense, there'd be no way for me to do that without knowing for a fact that they didn't have a chance in hell. Now I probably would have figured out a way to keep intelligence and air resources over Afghanistan, at least until the winter. At the very least, you would have, you would have looked at the situation and gone, there's every likelihood that the Afghan government collapses within the next year or two. So we're going to just hedge our bets on these things. Like I said, the biggest mistake I look to is closing down Bagram Airfield before we left. That should have been the last place. It should have just been, we're going to keep a skeleton crew here. We're going to keep it open, keep it secure. And that's going to be... And you could... A lot of this was done for optics. We wanted the good optics of closing all our bases. Ooh, when they should have just had good optics by reoriented a different way. Just say, we're keeping Bagram open, not as a military base, but just as a secure airfield for the United States to meet our logistical requirements to keep the embassy open. Oh, you could even have said, like, we just need it. We need this airbase because logistically it's good to help us support the Afghan government. But they should have worked out some way to keep the airbase open because then you would have eliminated all of this. The idea that all of these troops and equipment were just going to leave through the civilian airport in the middle of Kabul. That seems like it would. It's such a ridiculous idea. I can't believe any general thought it out. Like these people are professionals, supposedly. They've gone through years of military training. They've read countless books on military tactics and strategy. It's like every military officer I know, especially in combat arms, reads all, is all interested in military history. I am going to just assume if you're a general, you probably are as well. What would you do? Is He's like, well, I know every single time a military force hasn't left itself a good way out of a bad situation, it's turned into a disaster. You know, let's... um. Let's ignore all of those lessons that I've had, I've been, you know, seen and been talked about. Let's ignore all of that and just leave ourselves open and leave our ass hanging in the wind. Good idea, everybody. Good idea. Okay. It's utterly nonsensical. And it means either the generals were being, were keeping their counsel to themselves and not speaking up what they knew was true, or they were being actively overridden by the administration for political reasons. And those are the only two options because there is... Well, three, the generals were so incompetent that they did not realize this was a bad idea or they knew it was a bad idea and they didn't say anything because it was politically unpopular with their boss or they did say something and they were overridden by their boss. Those are the only three options because they knew this was coming and they knew it was a bad idea or they knew this was coming and they should have known it was a bad idea. Right. I mean, I just want to remind people that in 2010... Uh, General Stan- Stanley McChrystal was fired for disagreeing with Obama yep. in a Rolling Stone article. And yep. when he was asked about Vice President Biden, his response was, who? Yeah. And, well, now, granted, that's a little tainted because Stanley McChrystal went on to endorse Biden for president in 2020. But yeah, the fact of the I matter mean, he is, was, yeah, that's so lame. Well, one of the things that you and I remember, just just because it, it does go noting, because a lot of this accumulates, when we were in Afghanistan, one of the things that was occurring was Obama started firing 
every single qualified officer. Hmm, yeah. Like, do you remember that? If you were a combat veteran and a staff officer, they started cutting you. It Seriously, when we got back in 2013, the U.S. military looked like it was gutting anyone who would have had a good strategy in Afghanistan. Yeah, or at least anyone who was go- who might be a thorn in the side to the administration. Yep. So, the long story short on this is just it, it, none of this is surprising. Yeah. All of this was avoidable. Totally. But the American people are for lack of a better term having to suffer through and I just I, I I think what makes this more special, I guess, or different than than every other time this kind of crap happens is nobody is buying it. But the American people are being forced to suffer through an administration that is pretending like they can lie to your face and you won't notice. Which, by the way, yeah. I see is a good thing because it means that they are getting terrible advice and do not understand how to properly manipulate the American people anymore. True. Because, because like, flat out, like, it is incredible that you are having the Secretary of State, the President of the United States, all going out there and going, oh, no, like, you can totally get into Kabul. We'll fly you out. And then people are going, you can't. It is impossible to get into yeah. Kabul. The Pentagon is saying it is dangerous to travel to the airport right now. Yeah. And they're going, no, it's fine. Our NATO allies think we're doing great. I'm getting a bunch of compliments, guys. And you have people like Boris Johnson going, I tried to call the president of the United States for 36 hours. And he would not return my call when Kabul fell. Yeah. What's going on there? Yeah. Like you have the UK government officially censuring the president of the United States for his handling of this crisis. In fact, you have UK paramarines and French special forces on the ground getting into arguments with the U.S. commander because the U.S. commander on the ground is refusing to leave the airport to help rescue uh, foreign citizens. You have yeah. the U.K., the U- and this is from the ground in Afghanistan. The reports that I have seen is people are, are people saying UK paramarines are joining up with French special forces and teams of armed contractors to make raids out into Kabul to rescue trapped Amer- uh, American and foreign citizens, while the U.S. military commander refuses to let troops leave the airport. And they're pretty critical of that, which now, now is understandable. I'm not like, saying that this is a legitimate excuse. Sure. But I can tell you exactly why, like I said, um, I can tell you exactly why that's happening. Why? And I guarantee that the U.S. commander is being told that absolutely under no circumstances will he do anything that could result in the death of a U.S. soldier. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. They're being probably they're probably I'm sure they're being told to be as risk averse as possible right now, because the last thing that the last thing that the administration wants is a single American dying, because right. then people will essentially be out for, like will demand. Yeah, that, that's the worst case scenario for them. Yeah, the, la- the last thing that they need is some U.S. soldier or Marine or airman or whatever, some service member. They The last thing that they need is a flag-draped coffin coming in to, you know, uh, Andrews Air Force Base and being marched off of a plane because that would be the— Oh, yeah. That, that, that would forever be the picture that is used to define— Joe Biden's absolute failure at mm-hmm. this withdrawal. And yeah, it, it's already bad enough the way it looks. If an American citizen, if an American soldier gets killed, it will be not only did you not have a plan for this and bungled all of this, but you bungled it in such a way that American soldiers died that that elevates it to the next level of irresponsibility. <laughs> Because, well, mostly right now, people are just upset. If yeah. American soldiers get start getting killed, people will essentially demand either retribution or recompense. Like they'll demand that something be done rather than just sit here and being upset that they're embarrassed. Right. Like what's worse, America gets embarrassed or America doesn't avenge its fallen? Right, because that, yeah, it's going to put him in like a in a no uh, uh, no win scenario. Well, what it will really—he's already in a no win scenario, but it will force his hand to choose a bad op to choose a worse option. So, <laughs> I, I I want to. Um... Oh damn! Sorry. What? What? Uh, what did I... you see? What just happened? Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to read uh, a very interesting thing here. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. This was from Friday, um, because it is kind of fun. It is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene introduces more articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. Great. So, which yeah, like. Absolutely. Now, they're probably Love not going to do anything with it, but let me let me read it real quick. Uh, Republican firebrand representative Marjorie Taylor Greene introduced a fresh slate of impeachment articles against President Joe Biden on Friday. The three resolutions levied by the congresswoman from Georgia are dereliction of duty for Biden's handling of the Afghanistan situation, another for the border crisis, and a third for usurping congressional authority and ignoring, ignoring judicial authority of the Supreme Court for the Biden administration's eviction moratorium during the coronavirus pandemic. In seven short months, Joe Biden has caused America to lose the respect of the entire world. The evidence is clear and his actions are so egregious that he must be impeached. So I I just, I, I wanted to point that out specifically because, uh, that means someone, a Republican has introduced Articles of impeachment. Now, granted, the Republicans are the minority in the House of Representatives, but there's no reason for every there's no reason 
not to have every Republican vote for those articles. They wouldn't they won't go forward. Oh, yeah. Biden will not be impeached because there will not be Democrats jumping on. But the symbolism of it. Would be something, but I don't think that the GOP has it in them. Okay. But I, I, I want to point it out because a lot of times we have the question of what is anyone even doing about it? And so I want to always highlight people that are at least doing something about it. Okay. Interesting. And specifically so we can point out where the failures are. Because I like pointing out Marjorie Taylor Greene because the like press hates her so much. And I always talk about how it makes no sense because she's like a freshman congresswoman. So it's like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. She has like very little power. She's, she's in the minority. She is in the minority party of Congress in the house of representatives. Who cares? You know what I mean? But the point is she's introduced articles of impeachment, which means they could bring it to a vote. And at least the Republicans can vote on it. At least the Republicans can sit there and say that this was dereliction of duty. They have the opportunity to actually stand against this and actually put rubber to the road. Well, and it's and it's and it's an open and shut case. It's like there's no risk to doing this either. What are a bunch of people? What are a bunch of Joe Biden supporters going to do? It's like, no, no, it wasn't a disaster. This wasn't dereliction of duty. There's no way for them to say that. Right. You're 100% guaranteed to win here that no one can refute and everyone that wants to shill for Biden is going to have to mutter through, well, it, I, maybe it wasn't his fault. Like every, no one can disagree that it's a disaster mm-hmm. and a bungled situation. The only option for them at that point is just to complain that they didn't target the right people. But Joe Biden's the president and everything he does, everything that happens with the government and his executive branch is ultimately his responsibility. So it, this is this is would be, that would be the best scenario that would absolutely embarrass your enemy and kind of get revenge on them for the nonsense impeachments of Trump. Right, right, and and, and like I I get it when they want to play the game of like, look, the whole constantly trying to impeach Trump for everything was ridiculous and nonsensical, and it's like, well, sure, but it's not like it's going to stop. Yeah. Like just you're going to have to accept it that it's not like the Democrats aren't going to try to impeach every Republican president Mm -hmm. because they have. They tried to impeach George W. Bush. It wasn't the first time they tried to impeach him claiming some all that stuff with Enron, which even that whole scandal, like one of the guys who went to jail ended up getting exonerated later. So uh, Mm -hmm. point is, guys, that. understand the world that you're in and Mm -hmm. like yeah biden's not going to i mean maybe he will maybe he screwed this up so bad that other democrats will finally be like look i don't care we have to get rid of this guy but i just I, i i guess that's the the reason why i'm bringing it up too is and i think i said this last week is we constantly see all of these like posts from like Republican members of Congress and whatever that are like, I want to make sure that the U S troops that deployed to Afghanistan understand that like, we appreciate everything you did. You didn't fail. Blah, 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 blah. But until you hold these people accountable 
your words mean nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Your words mean absolutely nothing to me. Unless I start seeing defense officials resign, unless I see people be investigated for their corruption, their mishandling of this, their absolute ineptitude, your words mean nothing. Because if you do not hold people responsible, if there is no accountability, 10 years from now, our children are going to be taught in school that um, it was Bush's war and the military uh, lost another war. Yeah, that's 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 what's going to happen is, oh, yeah, Afghanistan, uh, you don't even know where it is on a map and it's a terrorist hellhole and it's all because the U.S. military sucks uh, and so does the Republican Party. Yeah. So (laughs) your words mean absolutely nothing. Because that's what happened in Vietnam. You didn't hold any of the people who failed accountable. And so it all fell on the troops. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's uh, I guess that's going to be my final statement of the show. So maybe maybe somebody <laughs> will take it. But that's that's the call to action. Actually hold people accountable for this. Honestly, push Joe Biden to resign. Yeah. I Demand mean, the resignation of every general that was in charge of this from the intelligence community down to the military. Yeah, 100 percent. Because the they secretary did fail. Of, secretary of defense should maybe resign. Like so, there needs to be a massive resignations and at least an admission of fault from these people because we don't even have that yeah yeah instead they're lying to us they're telling us that our our eyes are lying to us and we should just listen to them yeah no everything's actually great in afghanistan anyone wants to get out get out those pictures you're seeing from the airport and that's just russian disinformation Exactly. Well, that's going to be it for us for this week. Be sure to go over to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio to help sponsor the program and get special content when we post it up there. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. See you guys next week. <laughs>